0: What is my dream version of the LAPS? I had somebody ask me that, and he was a patron. His name is Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Patrick asked, essentially, if I had all the money in the world, if I had the biggest budget possible, what do I envision the LAPS becoming? What would I want to do with it? And to be honest, that was such a hard question for me to answer because as somebody who has been kind of slapped around by reality now and again, uh, more times than I've shared on this show or others. That seems so pie-in-the-sky impossible, let alone the minimum wage part. That's, that's what I'm trying to get to at first. But uh, an unlimited budget, where I could go, the things I could do, places I could travel, the stories I could get that way, I never even considered that. While this is a critically acclaimed show, it is also an indie darling. There are a, a large number of listeners, but it is a fraction of a fraction that contributes to supporting the show and making it continue to function. So uh, those 150 people, I want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you. You guys are the ones who make this possible. Because podcasts are, by and large, free. They have always been free. They're probably going to be free for a little while. And Mm -hmm. why would you pay for something that's free? That's like going to a restaurant and suddenly throwing, you know, three, four, five dollars on top of the bill. That would be like like a tip. I guess that would be like a tip. See where I'm going with this, Ryan? <laughs> if you would like to tip me, if you would like to uh, chat with me, interact with me, I do that regularly at patreon.com slash lapse. And uh, altruism aside, we're actually just a few dollars short from the next goal. And when we hit that goal, I am going to do another exclusive episode on Patreon. It's going to be an adaptation of a story I wrote in the sixth grade. That story got me pulled aside by the teacher and uh, a bit of a concerned talking to because it was called Snow White 2, Divorce and Marriage. You can hear that and uh, actually contribute to making it happen at patreon.com slash the Thank you, everybody. With that said, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lapse Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host, Cal Gest, and today's story comes from Megan Roberts. And if you've been following the laps along for uh, the past few months, or you've been you've been binging through, you might notice that we've had a lot of kind of longer form, sort of heavier stories. This episode is going to mix things up a little bit, go back to sort of the lighter side of things, give us all a welcome breather, because all Megan has to do is get rid of the deer in her backyard. Just shoo. That's all she's got to do. Turns out, of course, that it is slightly more complicated than that, which is why I am calling this one, and I'm only slightly ashamed of this title. Get the buck out. See with the ears. This is The Lapse. Cincinnati, Ohio. Megan said to heck with grad school. She's moved out here. She's found herself a spiffy new job. She's left exactly one thing behind.
1: We were, well, it's probably closer to about eight hours in drive to see one another. So we would usually do halfway meetups. Relationships in general are are never great and easy all the time, but when you can't see each other, that just adds to some of the difficulty. With Joe, it seemed to work. So we were reaching our two-year anniversary, uh, and we had decided that Joe was going to fly in and actually enjoy a full weekend together instead of, you know, just a few hours in between driving. We were staying at my parents' house, um, and they were doing an expat assignment in, I think it was... Russell's at the time. We had my parents' dog, so in the morning I got up and I I let him out. And within a few minutes, we started hearing some kind of strange noises coming from the backyard. So I, you know, quickly threw on some clothes and ran out, and I just see my parents' dog with this huge deer chasing after him.
0: For the moment, Megan lets the scene unfold.
1: You know, my parents live in just the middle of the suburbs of Cincinnati, right? We don't have heavily wooded spaces. You travel, like, hours to go and hunt. You don't do that, like... It's not farmland, right? We're not just shooting stuff in the backyard. Hey, yeah, boy! So eventually, you know, we were able to get the dog inside, and he was he was fine. I think he was just scared. So we thought it was done, right? We're like, okay, that was exciting. We're just going to get on with our Saturday. We had all these plans to... To go out, we, had, we were meeting a bunch of friends for a karaoke night. We were going to go to a bar. I look back out, and the deer is kind of stumbling around in our backyard. And then it lays down, and it doesn't get back up. We have no clue what to do about this. This wild animal is in the backyard, clearly not particularly friendly. and <laughs> Megan. My neighbor uh, kind of moseys top. over right. and he puts a tarp um, on top of the deer. He says that he saw the deer try to jump the fence between our yards. Didn't make it. And then it kind of laid down and just never was able to, to get back up again. Yeah, you know, these crazy dogs. His dogs were going up, nuts seeing this animal out in the backyard. So he was like, you know, I've, I put a tarp over to well, try to shut them up. settle everybody a little bit.
0: Yep. So then I called the police.
1: And then he called the police.
0: Wait, why did he call the police?
1: I think we were all just kind of like very confused. So the police show up. They kind of saunter out to the backyard.
0: Well, looks like you folks got yourself a warning.
1: I guess they thought my neighbor was my dad because they tell him to take me inside.
0: Going along with it, Megan heads back inside. Her neighbor heads back to his place, and the morning, finally, settles. Megan watches the officers outside from the back window. While she can't hear what they're saying, she can sense their gears are ticking, peeking under the tarp now and again. They continue that way for about a minute.
1: All of a sudden, one of them pulls out their gun and shoots the deer. Point blank, shot it in the head. I was not ready. I was not ready for that at all.
0: Megan might be, uh...
1: I felt like I had just witnessed a murder. Vegetarian. It was like this awful police hate crime in my backyard.
0: An officer raps on the door. So, uh, we did take care of it. But, uh, there's one thing. And, uh, to keep in mind, um...
1: Nobody can come pick this up until Monday. It's Saturday. If you know someone that would like some free deer meat, feel free to send them over. So then they just leave. They just leave. I'm I'm sitting there like, what do I do with this thing? What do I do? Like what do I do with this dead animal in the backyard? There's a bullet in it. I can't leave this animal out there for two days in the middle of the summer. Like that's just not gonna happen. I start making phone calls. I have two older brothers; they're seven and eight years older than me. One of them uh, has married into a family that's big into hunting. Neither one of them, of course, are in town. We have a neighbor that lives down the road. I knew he had a truck. Hello. No one and they go straight to voicemail. The only other person I know with a truck is my a very close friend of mine and coworker, Nikki. My friends and I, we don't call each other. We're very text-oriented. So when we call each other, we know something big has happened. End of the world, like something major has to have occurred for us to actually talk on the phone.
0: Uh, hello, hi, Megan. Uh, is everything
1: okay? So she shows up, she had a tarp and gloves, like she was ready. She had dated a guy who was also really into hunting, so she had called him. It was so late in the season that no processor was going to take the meat because the likelihood of it being sick or having worms or some some sort of hunting jargon that I didn't understand, uh, they just wouldn't take it this time of year. We were like, all right, let's just try to get it into the back of the truck and then we'll worry about where to take it after that. My fiancé, who is about 6'4", weighs, you know, Probably like 220. He's a big guy, could have played football easily. We're all athletic people, we can do this. We get the tarp slid under the deer and we start trying to maneuver it up into the back of the truck and we just can't do it.
0: Which makes sense. This is about 300 pounds of dead weight. You ever try to carry a dead body? You know, uh, metaphorically.
1: I give another coworker and good friend of mine a call. His name is also Joe.
0: Surprise. No answer.
1: While we're waiting for him to come to the house, um, I start making some other calls to other services. So I start with animal control.
0: Cincinnati Animal Control, how may I help
1: you? Basically tells me that it would cost $200, $200 to come pick up resident. this animal from a private property. I didn't kill this thing, so I don't feel like I
0: should have to pay for that. Ma'am, I'm sorry, but if you are a private resident, the policy is $200 for a pickup.
1: I can drag it out to the street if you want to pick it up from there.
0: see what they can do. Uh... What is that? Dead animal control?
1: I didn't realize that dead animals needed controlling. She doesn't give me a phone number. I get on my smartphone, try to look up something through Google. It gives me this website and a phone number. So I call it up, this guy answers. This deer was in my backyard, the police showed up, they shot it, they left it, I don't know what to do, they can't pick it up for two days, can you help me?
0: Ma'am, let me be the first to say that I would love to help you with your dilemma. if
1: you had not called a tech support company. Okay, thanks, bye.
0: Thankfully, Joe number two has arrived.
1: He's all business. He's chewing gum. He's got gloves on. He just comes and, like, saunters up to this deer, starts picking it up by himself. He starts pulling it up to the truck. I guess we'll help, too.
0: Joe, two has the buck by the antlers. Megan's got the midsection.
1: Nikki had the butt.
0: (laughs) And Joe, one, Megan's fiance, grabs the legs.
1: (laughs) These little spindly legs. Of all of us, he should have been in a totally different position.
0: With those three lifting from the back, Joe 2 climbs up into the truck, still holding the head, and gives it a few sharp tugs. Lifting, (laughs) lifting, lifting, and the buck's head, and the hole in its head, come to a rest in Joe 2's lap. Gross.
1: Ugh, the thought of just freaks me out beyond belief. So Joe was telling us that on his way over to the house, he called his friend over at the park's uh, services. They had mentioned that they had got a phone call that a deer had been struck by a vehicle but ran away afterwards, so they didn't know what happened to it. And I said, well, I can tell you what happened to it. Her recommendation essentially was to move the body into a wooded space and let nature do its thing. And as I mentioned, we're in the middle of suburbia Cincinnati, not as if we're in heavily wooded areas.
0: Well, says Megan, I have one idea
1: It's the only place that I could even think of that has enough trees that would constitute a wooded space. Let's take it to the park. (laughs) Nikki's truck carries two people, uh, and there's four of us. So the Joes are in the car behind us. Uh, Nikki and I are in the truck with the deer and a tarp over it. There's like swing sets and slides and playgrounds. Not exactly an ideal space to dump a body, and there's supposed to be a little station where you pay to go into the park or whatever. So Nikki starts to slow down at the check-in station. Nikki. No, 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 no! There's a body in the back. Go, go! Like we can't stop.
0: Nikki floors it.
1: Go, 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 go! go.
0: Behind them, the Joes pull into the toll booth. Ah, uh, we'll take two.
1: We start driving around trying to find like a spot to, to leave this gear. It's like the worst day we could have picked to do this. There's small children's birthday parties, there's graduation parties. I swear to god there was a, like, a small group of nuns hanging around doing I-don't-even-know-what. We eventually find this sort of drop-off space that's across the street from from a golf course. And it has a bunch of construction equipment around. And it kind of backs into this little drop-off space with a bunch of trees and bushes and shrubs and things. Clearly a space where I wouldn't say that most people are going to be around. This is good enough, so we sort of back up, kind of nudge, <laughs> nudge the body out of the back of the truck. And that is, uh, that's how I dispose of my first body. The next morning, and actually the next couple of mornings, there were several deer that would show up in our backyard. And I would I told my husband, I'm like, oh my gosh, they know what we've done. And I'm sure a lot of it was just, that was kind of a seasonal thing and that we were just in an area where deer would be. But I was convinced that they were like out for blood. They were looking for me. (laughs) I mean at the end of the day what were we really going to be able to do for this deer take it to a vet and hope they can like stick a cast on it but we did recently have a a small bird um that had I don't know something had happened to it it was it was hurt and damaged and stuck on the sidewalk um and we kind of did a similar thing where we just sort of moved it off into nature and let nature do its its magic a little easier didn't require four people to do it that time Or a gun,
0: yeah. That story, again, was shared by Megan Roberts. Megan runs a podcast of her own called Chaotic Neutral Adventures. If you remember those choose-your-own-adventure books from when you were a kid? Now you can do the same thing in podcast form. That's what her show does. From spies to space to Lovecraftian madness, it's got a little bit of everything. Give it a look. Thank you, thank you, thank you to this month's executive level patrons, David McCaw, Anthony Cantu, David Hiscock, Haley Burroughs, Jennifer Cherney, Matthew Gibson, Patrick Freeburn, Cindy Crines, and Rob Holcomb. You can join them and hear that exclusive episode that is about to come up on Patreon at patreon.com thelaps If you have a story to share, I want to hear it. Get in touch with me. Just a few details over at storiesatthelapse.org. You can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Lapse Podcast. My name is Kyle Jest, and this was The Lapse. Thank you so much for listening.